Good morning, everybody. We want to, again, warmly welcome you. You've already been welcomed, but we want to reiterate the welcome here this morning and just say welcome one and all to our service here today. It's been a, it's a long weekend, and it's always a good time to break away, but we're so glad that you've sacrificed time this morning to be part of our service, and we want to welcome you. We've got to focus on God's Word, eh? God's Word is it's, it's, it's why we are here, to hear from the Lord. And, uh, and we, we, uh, we've been focusing and, uh, on this, a series in the book of Joshua, and we will continue today on chapter 10. We've just gone through chapter 7 and 8 last week, and 9 basically, so this week it's uh, uh, chapter 10, and we're focusing on put your foot on it. What is it that you've got to put your foot on this morning? What is it that you've got to look at and say, it's under my feet, it's no longer controlling my life. It's no longer manipulating me. It's no longer destroying me. It's no longer causing me sleepless nights and so forth. What is it? But let, we're going to read from Joshua and then after that we're going to pray for a couple of folk and, uh, and as we bring ourselves before the Lord. But let's read from chapter 10 and from verses 5. Let's read together. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeah and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in a great victory at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and, and cut them down all the way to Ezekiel and Makedah. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon the, uh, to Ezekiel, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky. And more of them died from the hailstones and were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. So far may the Lord bless the reading 
of his precious word. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you that we can come before you this morning and lay our lives, Lord, in your hands. And we ask, Lord, that you will carry us and strengthen us today. Thank you for this new day that you've given us, Lord, and blessing us and encouraging us. We pray today, Lord, that you will go before us, you will meet with us, Lord, and you will minister to us in a very powerful and special way. We come before you now and we ask, Lord, that you will reach out to us right where we are, Lord, no matter what our needs may, might be. Lord, no matter what we are dealing with and facing right now, thank you that you are bigger, Lord, than the crisis. You are bigger than the problem. You are bigger than the issue. Father, you are bigger than the challenge before us. And we come before you and we lay our lives in your hands, Lord, and we ask that you will take charge, Father, and take over in our, in our lives today. We pray for a few folk, Lord, we want to thank you that we can bring Wilma again before you and ask and thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in her life. Lord, thank you for Nicole. Let us say we pray for that. Nicole and Quentin in particular. We think of Nicole and her health. We bring her before you, Lord, and we pray that your hand will be upon her right now and that she will experience you in a very powerful way. They as a family will, Lord, and they will experience your peace in the midst of what they are, the challenges before them. Then, Lord Jesus, we also want to pray for Ishka. We commit her to you, Lord, and we thank you for the way in which you move and work in our lives, Lord. You never forget us, Lord. You ne Lord, you are always there for us. And we pray for, the for them, myself and Dani, that you will be with them, Lord, at this time. And Lord, we pray in particular, Lord, that whatever healing processes need to take place, Father, that you, the Almighty God, the Sovereign One, will fulfill this one step at a time and complete what you have started, even in her life, Lord. Be with them, Lord, and be with each one of us. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord. There may be many others here today who are just facing challenges. Won't you be with each one of them? For, Lord, you are faithful, and you will never abandon us. We worship you now, and we pray that your word will reach us and touch us and that your word will powerfully minister to us, Lord. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. also want to announce that on Saturday we're going to have a wedding here. And, uh, 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 there's a young couple right there. I think they need to stand here. To stand here. <laughs> they will be going. <laughs> If you haven't met them at, at, at Skyle and Melissa, if you, you need to get to get to know them, you can get to know them. But we will they, on, on Saturday where they will be, you know, they, they will be married and they will be husband and wife. We thank the Lord for that. Thank you. All right. Now at this point in time, let's get into the word. Is there anything else that I have left out? I don't think so. Have I? 
you know, it's it's long weekend, so you sometimes you you know you've got to think uh, longer. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, <laughs> so let's just get into the Word of God here this morning. I want to encourage those who are here. You know, it's one of my favorite verses. One of my favorite verses. It's Psalm eighty-four, verses eleven. The Lord God is a sun and shield. Let Him be your sun who gives light to you, and let him be your shield, who covers you and protects you today. The Lord God is a sun and shield. And the last part of that verse says, No good thing will he withhold from those whose walk is upright. No good thing will he withhold from you. May you be blessed today. But let's get into the word of God here this morning. Put your foot on it. Your foot on it, not food, eh? your foot on it. We have seen both victory and defeat in the life of Israel to this point. From the high of Jericho to the low of Ai, to repentance and even to compromise with Gibeon. The confederation of five kings brought their armies out of their walled cities into open country to attack Gibeon at this point. And even though the Gibeonites were deceptive, the Israelites determined to show integrity and faithfulness to the oath they took before the Lord. It would have been tempting to view the situation as God's way of paying the Gibeonites back for their deception. But Joshua did not do that. Joshua could have ignored the request for help and said, this is not my problem. But he didn't, eh? Instead, he rallied the troops and headed off to rescue the people from destruction. They were there for the Gibeonites. They made a promise. They made a covenant. And they remained faithful to the covenant. Brothers and sisters, when you've made a promise... We made a covenant with anybody, whether the person lets you down, you've got to keep that covenant. You've got to keep that promise. Have you? You've got to, you, you know what you have done. He rallied the troops around and said, we're going to rescue everybody. But, but I also want to say this, we cannot rest on past victories or be paralyzed by past defeats. We are to move forward in faith, personally and corporately as a body of Christ. But this morning, as we focus, as I said, put your foot on it. We put our, in order for us to put our foot on it, and when we put our foot on it, on whatever it is, He provides strength and stamina. Verses 5 to 8. Right through to it. He provides us with the strength and the stamina. Joshua was a man of great faith. He believed God and attempted great things for the Lord. He led Israel on an all-night march to Gibeon. All-night march. You must remember that all the soldiers, eh? Under the cover of darkness, Israel marched to Gibeon. The enemy would not have suspected this. This was a daring, if you could put it in those words, it was a daring move and God used it to help defeat the enemy. However, it meant that Israel had to fight immediately after a long march 
without any sleep. I don't you, you do you realize that? They didn't they could they were not they could not now sleep. They were right there in front of the enemy. Obviously Joshua believed God would help them. He believed that that God would help them and strengthen them during the battle. And the Lord did just that. God gave them the strength and the stamina to march many kilometers at a rapid pace during the night. He gave the continued stamina to fight all day and into the night. What incredible strength the Lord gave them. Isn't it amazing, brothers and sisters, when we feel we have nothing left, how often the Lord comes and we say, Lord, I've got nothing left. How often the Lord just comes and he adds the stamina that we need for the day, the strength that we need for the day, the wisdom that we need for the day, the guidance that we need for the day. God is still doing that in the lives of believers all over the world today. We face situations and are bolstered or boosted by a strength that comes from Him alone. While the 100 meter sprint is an explosion of power that is over in less than 10 seconds. Isn't it true? Oh, nobody's saying yes this morning, eh? <laughs> the marathon is a test of stamina and endurance. And brothers and sisters, we are on a journey, a lifelong journey. And we need the stamina and strength that only God can provide for us when we have nothing left in the tank. Eh? And he's always there to come through for us and provide us with the necessary strength and endurance. I don't even remember the prophet uh, Jeremiah, but the prophet Jeremiah was also involved in a fierce competition. He became so discouraged that he asked the Lord, why does the way of the wicked prosper? Jeremiah 12 verse 1. Why do all the faithless live at ease? That is when God said to Jeremiah in essence, the competition Competition has just begun. In other words, Jeremiah, the journey has just begun. So far, you have been dealing with minor issues. Running, what was that? Running with men on foot. That's what, uh, that's what uh, the verse says in verse 5 there. Eh? If you have run with men on foot and they have worn you out, that's what a, the quest, that's the question the Lord is asking Jeremiah there. So far you have only been dealing with minor issues. How will you handle it when the really tough issues or stuff comes along? Competing with horses, in other words. The Lord knew him before he was born. We know that. Jeremiah 1.5. He knew what he designed him for and what use he would make of him. There were still great trials of faith in store for him. If the smallest evils, this is what the Lord says, if the smallest evils which you are exposed to cause you to have so many bitter complaints, how will you feel when you are exposed? 
to much greater evils. From en enemies much more powerful. If you have sunk under small difficulties, in other words, what will you do when great ones come? That's the question here. Well, each one of us need to answer. We need to face that question. If you have sunk under small difficulties, what will you do when great ones come? You may have run into some difficulties recently. Your boss is causing you major headaches. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's conflict in your life, with yourself, in your family, maybe even in the church, for that matter. You have pleaded with the Lord for relief. But he may have said in response, toughen up. Did you hear that? Toughen up. Dig in, my child. It may get worse before it gets better. We don't want to hear this, but this is reality today. We live in an imperfect world, so it may get worse before it gets better. And all of us, you know, we want it easy. We want it comfortable. But, my brother and my sister, comfort is a temporary thing. The challenges will be there all the time while we are on planet Earth. When he asks you to run with horses, he will be with you to strengthen you and sustain you no matter what you are going through and no matter what you are facing. He's there for you. You are not alone in this battle. But then secondly, here this morning, when we think of putting your foot on it, eh? he does not only provide us with strength and stamina, he confuses the enemy. How many times have you seen it in your life? Where the Lord just steps in and he, confu he would confuse the enemy who is attacking you, the enemy who is standing in your way. Eh? He confuses the enemy in verses 9 and 10. In verse 10 we are told that the Lord threw them, the armies of the kings, into confusion. Into confusion. He made them unable to fight back. When you are in confusion you don't know how to fight back and eventually you fight one another. Isn't it true? God often works in our circumstances to create opportunities for us. To grow to learn from and to develop into his likeness. They did not know what to do or where to go. For soldiers, this seems like an amazing statement. They did not know what to do or where to go soldiers. Eh? But God was behind it. Remember, the Lord was behind it. He caused them to be afraid and to run in confusion because God knows about each attack. The enemy, visible or, in, or invisible, plans against you. He can protect you. And he can confuse the enemy's plans. 
Only the Lord can do that. Isn't it amazing? I, that's why I'd rather the Lord fight for me. I'd rather allow the Lord to take charge of whatever battles I'm facing. Facing, Yes, I've also got to play a part. I've got to be committed to him. I've got to do what he, he desires of me. But at the end of the day, when the Lord is fighting for me, I'm always on the winning side. Definitely not a loser. Isn't it true? Yellow man says, my He can protect us and confuse the enemy's plans. Think for a moment about an enemy in your life. Think for, for a moment about a person or a situation or whatever you are dealing with right now. Then ask the Lord to fill you with wisdom to deal with the situation His way and not your way. Do not become distracted by anything that is not helping you grow. Do not allow anything to distract you if it's not going to help you grow. But any distraction is in order for you not to develop and grow. Eh? It keeps you from doing the right thing. Your enemies think they are going to win the battle often. That's why they try to distract you. But they are not, because the Lord is on your side. And if God is for us, who can be against us? They think they can stop you from what God has for you. But, praise God, they cannot. How does he confuse your enemies? He does things in your life that are completely contrary and opposite to what they expect. Isn't it wonderful? To what they expect. They expect... The worst. And the Lord does something that is contrary and opposite to what the enemy expects. And that's why he, confu and now he confuses the enemy. And now the enemy is confused. Man, I've done this. I've tried this. That. I've planned this. But it's not working. He or she is still standing firm. What else should I do? Is that your relationship with the Lord this morning? Where the enemy is confused. Because the enemy says, I've tried everything. And it's not working. This person still has joy. This person still walks firmly grounded in the Lord. This person is still strong and focused. That's what it's all about, eh? When the Lord is fighting for us. Are you still with me here this morning, everybody, eh? <laughs> oh, that's the amazing thing, eh? Yeah, he does things that completely surprises the enemy. But then thirdly, you've got to put your foot on it, though. Put your foot on those things and deal with those things in your life. Thirdly, he has already gone ahead. To fight for us. Oh, I've been speaking about the Lord fighting for us. Verse, verse 11. That's where we see the Lord fighting for the nation. Eh? Fighting for Israel. And if he's fighting for Israel, how much more is he not fighting for you and I? God turned the weather against them. He even turned the weather against them. How do you like that? Against the enemy. Eh? He cast down large hailstones. My goodness. Can you imagine the size of those hailstones? Because so many lives were destroyed. 
I'm not going to tell you what it measured. I've done some research on it, but today you're not going to hear that. I know you want to hear, but no, you've got to do research yourself. Eh? He cuts down some large hailstones on them with pinpoint accuracy. Accuracy, eh? pinpoint accuracy. More soldiers were killed by the hailstones than by the sword of Israel. The most amazing part of the miracle is that the hailstones hit the armies, but did not hit Israel. How is that? How do you like that? Hit, the, hit all the enemies, but it didn't touch Israel at all. It's when the Lord fights for you. Amazing things are always possible. I want you to note here this morning that it is the Lord doing the fighting. We are told the Lord chased them. Chased them. And the Lord struck them down. Yeah, the Lord is assisting the army of Joshua that is weary from an all-night uphill march. The casualties of the, the Canaanites from the hailstones were incredible as the Lord was busy fighting for Israel. Brothers and sisters, the forces of nature are at his disposal at all times. And it is the forces of nature that, that carries out his purposes often on behalf of us. And in this case, this is what happens, eh? Because the forces of nature were and still are at his disposal, they were carrying out the Lord's purposes. Now, if the Lord can use the forces of nature to carry out his purposes for a, for, for, for a nation, how about for you and I as individuals, as families? What do you think he could use in order to protect us, in order to fight for us. And I want to say this, he's fighting for you on a daily basis. He's fighting for your love. He's fighting for your commitment. He's fighting for, for you to, to come to grips with who he really is. He's involved on a daily basis in your life and my life. That's there's approximately, these days, about 8 billion people on planet Earth. And think about it. Each one of us are important to him. And he fights so many battles on a daily basis for us that we are not even aware of. Oh, we thank the Lord for his presence in our lives and that he never leaves us. He never abandons us. No matter what. Lord is with you always, even when everything seems to go wrong, even in your biggest challenge and in turbulent times, he is with you. What battle do you need to give to him and let him fight for you today? There are some battles that just are not worth fighting. Did you hear that? Some battles are just not worth fighting. Don't waste your time fighting battles that are 
that, that you should not fight. And you know, the sad thing is the battles that we fight are always the, uh, the battles that we should not fight. It's not worth fighting. Fight the battles that is going to bring glory to Him and to Him alone, brothers and sisters. And there are also some battles that we simply have to leave with the Lord. Not relax now and not do anything about it, but you say, Lord, I'm leaving this with you. I've, no matter what I try, what I think about, it's not going to work, Lord, but I'm leaving this with you. This is his battle, not yours. And there are some battles where the Lord is just reminding us over and over, this is my battle, it's not your battle. Leave it in my hands and I will do it in my way, in my time, and in a way that you haven't thought about. Have you ever been in the middle of a battle and thought, what am I doing here? Have you been in one? I'm talking from experience. I've been in a many. When I ask myself, what am I doing here? In fact, I would ask myself, what on earth are you doing here, Alan? Yeah, have you ever been in that? What am I doing here? I don't know what that battle is, but sometimes you shouldn't be there. What are you doing there? <laughs> Move on. Be strong in the Lord. Eh? In the most important battle of all, we must remember this here this morning, in the most important battle of all, God fought for you and won. Jesus came and his life, death and resurrection def defeated the enemies that have held us captive. To destroy us. When Jesus gave his life, his all for us, he rose victoriously. That was the greatest battle on planet earth. And Jesus won that battle. Nonchalantly, he just won it. Thank the Lord for who he is. He defeated the enemies, as I said, that have held us captive and threatened to destroy us. You know, I think of the gospel today, the gospel of Jesus is spelled done, D-O-N-E. Did you hear that? Done. It is all about what God has done for you in Christ. We should hear a loud amen there to, to that this morning, eh? It's what he has done. And trust him this morning. And then finally here this morning, put your foot on it. You can suspend the laws of nature. Verses 12 to 15. Who on earth could ask the, tell the sun and the moon to stand still? What man could do that? But Joshua, eh? somehow Joshua was so empowered by the Lord that he could pray this prayer and he, he would speak to the sun and the moon and he would say, stand still. Can you do that this morning? Huh? Can you command the sun and the moon to stand still? But now let's... And let's just, you know, I don't want you to think scientifically because the Lord moves beyond science, no matter how we look at it. He made, he's brought that into being and he moves beyond science, not even science. Not even according to science, this was possible. But it still happened. Joshua realized that they would not have enough time to complete the victory. So we asked the Lord to stop the sun from moving across the sky. In other words, 
He asked, I believe that it remains daylight for a longer period of time. Our text tells us the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Verse 14, you can read that there. The sun stopped and day was greatly extended. Now, who could do that? Could man do that? Could science do that? No, I don't think so. Since God is the creator, he could certainly suspend the laws of nature for us. Can you hear that? He suspends the laws of nature even for us. That's how important and valuable we are to him. This is one of the most debated miracles in the Bible. We kind of know scientifically, and I've learned that in primary school already, scientifically that the sun actually doesn't move across the sky. Isn't it true? Were you not taught that when you were in primary school? Well, maybe, well, that's what I can remember as a little piccanini. (laughs) The sun is in the center of the solar system and the earth is revolving around it. The earth rotates, which gives us the appearance that the sun is actually moving. That's what I heard. I can remember that from days ago, a few days ago. I can remember it when I was told that. Eh? This day was a different day, though. This was a miraculous event. We don't know exactly how it happened, but we believe it did happen, and it teaches us this lesson. God answers impossible prayers and changes impossible situations. Are you in agreement with me? He is fighting for us. Have you ever felt like you were out of options? When you're out of options, the Lord already has a solution. huh? Have you ever felt like you were out of time and needed God to do a miracle to create more time? Have you ever found that way? Have you ever felt like you were out of health and needed God to step in? Can you remember that? There's not enough time left. Out of health, need God to step in because there's so many things I still need to finish and complete. I don't know whether you've run out of options this morning. But man, run to him today. Trust him. In all the debate, don't miss the point here. God heard Joshua's prayer and intervened dramatically to help him. That's the point here. He heard Joshua's prayer and intervened. In the same way God can and will hear your prayer and enable you to do more than you could ever imagine. I believe he changes circumstances. I believe God still provides for us in ways that stagger us and stun us from time after time. God doesn't regularly make the sun stand still or cause hailstones to take, take out armies. But he can! If he wants to, if we trust him, he will do what is needed to help us. Sometimes it it will be dramatic. Other times it will be indescribable. Isn't that true? Lord, 
you will say, if you can make the sun stand still, you ought to say that. You can meet this need. Is there anything in your life this morning unexplainable? For want of a better word, is there anything unexplainable in your life today that you can point to and say, see that right there? That is only because of the Lord. Is there something that you can point to? See that right there? It is only because of the Lord. You know, I like what Tim Keller said in his book on prayer. He said, when you pray, God will either give you what you ask for, or he will give you what you should have asked for, if you knew everything he knows. <laughs> if you knew everything he knows. He'll give you what you should have asked for. <laughs> and you will understand it, eh? There's never been a day like this before, the Bible says, or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being, verse 14. Yes, he's listened to human beings for, for centuries. Still listening to us. This was in the Old Testament where that statement was made. But there had been many days since the Lord has listened to a human being. A, a human being like you and I, imperfect as we are, frail as we are. Listen to us. He's heard our prayers. But I still, if we look at this whole situation here, that is the greatest miracle. When the Lord listens to a human being. Do you know that? It's the greatest miracle when he listens to us. That uh, a holy, infinite, all-wise God would somehow bend his ear to this part of the universe, to the neighborhood where you live, and hear your desperate cry for help. It's a miracle, the greatest miracle. God was fighting for the Israelites, but God also expected Joshua and Israel to fight. God doesn't want you sitting on the sidelines. They were marching. Can you remember? He doesn't want us to sit on the sidelines. He expects you and I to be engaged in the battle. There is no prayer too big or too bold for God. This, revealed, this is revealed here. No prayer is too big or too bold for God. If we are going to pray to make the sun stand still, we better be willing to march all night. Did you hear that? Better be willing to march all night. Just as Joshua did. We must have a persistence to pursue what we pray for. They continued, the Bible says, that the, the soldiers, the Israelites, they continued pursuing even though they must have been weary. They pursued their enemies. They pursued what they needed to pursue. I want to say this in, in, uh, uh, as we conclude here. Attack the problem wisely. Pursue it wisely. And we think in verses 19 to 22, they trapped them. Verses 19 to 22, Joshua put a rock, he placed them in a cave, those kings, and he put a rock there and he set guards there to watch that place. So they trapped them. 
They trampled them, verse 24. That's what it's all about. This is a sermon here this morning. This was a custom observed by victorious commanders in the Middle East. This was a symbol of complete subjugation, or in other words, complete defeat of the enemy. And they terminated them, verse 26. They were no longer there. Exposed their bodies, the Bible says, verse 26, on pole, five poles as an example to others. It is over. Put your foot on it, brothers and sisters. It was amazing how much Israel accomplished in such a short space of time because they put their foot on it. Can you see that? Are you overcoming the enemies of Christ in your life by putting your foot on them this morning? Are you overcoming whatever you need to overcome by putting your foot on them here this morning? Are you or are you running from God when you should be running to Him? What are you doing this morning? Are you trying to do for yourself what you can only do in His strength, not your strength? What are you doing this morning? Put your foot on it, brother and sisters. And I'm not talking about when you're driving and you're on the, on the freeway driving from here to Cape Town and along the garden route. Don't put your foot on it too much then. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about putting your foot on the enemies. Putting your foot on those things that, that need serious attention in your life today. The Lord bless you and I pray that today you will experience the awesome power and strength of the Lord in your life. Amen.